Once upon a time, a man found a treasure. What do you think? Does it sound like a good story? It's not a lot to go on, I understand. But I feel like it has been a good story. I think that premise has been seen in movies or written about in books. It's even played itself out in real life. And sometimes those stories captivate us. Why? Because we understand what a treasure is. It makes sense to us to think about something of enormous value. And if we think about somebody finding a treasure, finding something of enormous value, don't we kind of like to put ourselves in their position and say, wouldn't that be amazing if I found a treasure? I found something of amazing value and think about how excited we would be, maybe how worried that it would slip through our fingers how we would try to figure out this treasure I found, how can I keep it and have it and use it? Because we get what a treasure is. And I think that helps us when we're trying to connect with the stories that Jesus tells about finding treasures. We heard a couple of them this morning. A man buys a field, not because he particularly wants a field, but because he knew that there was a treasure buried in that field. And that's what he really wanted. A merchant of pearls found a very special pearl, the most precious one he had ever seen, and so he had to have it. There must have been some pearl. That must have been some treasure. We get it. We get the premise. We understand this concept of treasure, but do we understand what Jesus is talking about? What treasure he's telling us about? Do we get it that he has something particular in mind to tell us about these treasures And that should reflect itself in our lives. Do we act in our lives in a way that reflects people who are searching after spiritual wealth? Do we put a value on the kingdom of heaven? A value that makes the kingdom of heaven the most valuable thing for us in our lives? See, those are the answers that Jesus, or the questions rather, that Jesus confronts us with. He asks us to answer as we consider these three parables that he speaks to us as we heard in our gospel moments ago. And when we listen to Jesus, when we take to heart what he says, he convinces us, he moves us to know and to believe that the kingdom of heaven is our greatest treasure. Jesus spoke these words as he kind of wrapped up a section that we have recorded for us in Matthew chapter 13. That chapter up till this point actually records seven different parables that Jesus shares with the people. And what we had this morning, that's the last three 
of those seven parables. And if you've been with us at Grace for the last few weeks, you've heard some of the other ones as well. The one about the sower sowing seed, the one about the the weeds growing up next to the wheat. And in all of these parables, Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom of heaven. In all of these parables, Jesus takes something that would have been familiar, that people would have connected with, that people would have known something about, And he uses those things, maybe a story connected with those things, to teach the spiritual truths, to teach about some aspect of this heavenly kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus teaches a lot about various aspects of that kingdom, and he allows us to see all sorts of things that would otherwise be hidden to us, things that we wouldn't otherwise appreciate. And it's not very hard for us to get the main point of the parables in front of us today. There are two that are very similar. The parable about the treasure and the parable about the pearl have a lot in common. They both talk about men who found something of particular value, and both of those men, upon finding it, they they sold everything else. They gave up all the rest of what they had so that they could have this thing that they had found. That's how valuable it is to them. And Jesus is teaching us in these parables that the kingdom of heaven should be exactly that valuable to us. It is worth more than anything else. It is our greatest treasure. And what those men did actually makes sense if the treasure or the pearl is valuable enough. I think to put it in a context for me, maybe a more modern way of thinking about it, and yes, using some round numbers that we might understand, if I were to find a treasure worth a million dollars in a vacant lot, it still might make sense for me to sell my house and all the other stuff and buy that lot if it means I end up with the... Let's say it cost me $250,000 to buy the lot. I'm coming out ahead because now I've got, a, I've got more at the end of the process than I did at the beginning of the process. Now, that's a little far-fetched. And I don't expect to find a treasure worth a million dollars in any vacant lot anytime soon. So that part of the story maybe is a little trickier for us. And I don't mean to suggest that people at Jesus' time were stumbling over treasures constantly, but it was a bit more common then. It was a bit more common then because something that people were known to do was to take a part of their net worth and to put it in something and bury it in the ground. Maybe as much as a third of the things that they own, they would treat that way, and, you know, sometimes life happened. We were called off to war. I got sick. Sometimes the person didn't have a chance to come back and reclaim the treasure that he left buried, and so from time to time, people would wander across a treasure. Now, in that story, Jesus says, the man buries it again, doesn't want anybody else to find it, goes out, sells his stuff so he can buy that field and have 
that treasure because it's worth enough to him. Clearly, Jesus is not teaching us that we can buy our way into the kingdom of heaven. He's not putting a price tag on it. He's not talking about it as some commodity that we would be able to buy or sell. That's far from the truth as Jesus teaches it and as the rest of Scripture teaches it as well. But he is teaching us about the amazing value of the kingdom of heaven. How it would be worth giving up everything else that we might have that value. And like the man finding it out in the field, sometimes it seems as if in our lives the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven comes to us without any effort or without any intention on our part. Maybe the intention was our parents who brought us to the baptismal fonts and who raised us up in a household that taught Bible stories and made a habit of coming to church on a regular basis. Maybe the story is different. But a friend or a co-worker said, you should come to church with me because I want you to see why I love it so much. Then we got there and we loved it too. Or maybe somebody handed a book to us and says, this book, I found it really interesting, and it says things about God, it says things in the Bible, and it's, it's very valuable in that regard. And we read it and found the same thing. It is very valuable. The details aren't the super important thing because no matter what, no matter what the specifics are, this is how God's kingdom of heaven works. It comes to us. He brings it to us in His Word and sacraments. And in that word, he teaches us about our sinfulness and he teaches us about our Savior from sin. And there we have it, the the greatest treasure. There we have this connection to his heavenly kingdom, the kingdom of heaven that God brings us into and he strengthens that connection through that same word and through the sacraments so that we might hold on to it as our very own possession. And we might appreciate it for the treasure that it is. That is worth giving up everything else for. Well, what might we have to give up? Maybe our selfish attitudes, our sinful desires, our misplaced priorities, our focus on earthly things, our tendency to focus on the things that we can see and we can touch. And we could keep going. We could give more detail to some of those descriptions. We could think about unique challenges for all of us. But here's the truth. It's often hard for us to give up those things. We can really struggle with that idea. It's easy to to claim to be a Christian, but then when we see somebody who has needs, needs that we could help out with, it's also easy for us to ignore those needs and to turn our backs on them, especially if maybe it's not the most convenient time to help somebody. It's easy to claim that the kingdom of heaven is my greatest treasure and then to stop going to church if I just don't feel like it or if I'm upset about something that happened there 
Or am I holding a grudge with somebody that I might happen to see there? We really do tend to avoid going to the extremes that Jesus talks about in the parable. Selling everything else, getting rid of everything else that we have for the sake of the kingdom because we know that it is so much more valuable and it is so much more important than all of those other things. And that is a sin. That is our sinful nature getting the better of us. That is a sinful thing. That condemns us. And even that attitude for us would be an unforgivable thing if Jesus hadn't handled it. It would be an unforgivable thing if Jesus hadn't done the exact opposite of what we do. Think about what Jesus did. He gave up everything because he placed so much value on you. He left his throne in heaven to walk in our sinful and dirty world. And he gave every effort that he needed to give to withstand the temptations of Satan so that he would remain perfect and sinless and holy. And he gave up his very own life as a sacrifice for sin. He didn't have anything else to give. That's how valuable you are to him. And that's how valuable his gift is to you, the gift that he has given you. Both of these parables, the, the treasure and the pearl, talk about how valuable that treasure is, how valuable that gift is, but it's interesting to think about the differences as well. We've said sometimes the kingdom of God seems to come to us without any effort, without any work, it, almost as if we just stumble upon it. But there are times when people are looking for answers, when people are searching through the world to find the answers to the big questions that they think of in their lives. And where would you turn? Where would you turn for answers? Some people turn to science or to philosophy or to politics, or there could be other examples of worldly wisdom where we look to, to find answers. And sometimes people turn to, to false things, things like, like idolatry, other religions. But those first things that I mentioned, the, the politics and the science, if we, if we use them in the proper context and if we use them in the proper way, they can be very good things. They can be very useful in our lives. Kind of like the pearl merchant looking at a variety of pearls, all sorts of things that all had some value, but there was just one pearl that had that amazing value that told him, I have to have this one. The kingdom of heaven far outshines all those other things in, in usefulness or in helpfulness. There's only one treasure that is the greatest treasure. There's only one thing that is worth giving up everything else for. And with one more parable, Jesus reminds us why the kingdom of heaven is so valuable to us. He tells us that in the end, the 
the bad fish that are caught up in the net are going to be separated from the good. The, the wicked will be separated from the righteous. And the wicked are going to go into the fiery furnace, a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And why is the kingdom of heaven so valuable? Because that's what it's rescued us from. The kingdom of heaven is our greatest treasure because it is an eternal treasure. It makes a difference not just for now, but forever. And now, we, we can't say everything there is to say about the kingdom of heaven in a sermon or a service. Even all of Jesus' parables won't tell us every detail that we might be thinking about or curious about regarding the kingdom of heaven. And if we flip that around, we also have to be careful when we think about the parables that we don't push too hard on all the details and think that every single detail must tell us something very directly about the kingdom of heaven. This is kind of the way that parables work. Jesus taught a lot in parables, and one of the reasons that he did was parables operate this way, that if you get the main point you're going to get something of value out of the parable. But if you refuse to listen to the main thing that Jesus is trying to teach, then the parable is not going to have any value for you at all. And you'll probably think it's just a strange story that he's telling. You have to get the point. And Jesus is the point. To truly know Him and to truly believe in Him as the Savior is to be righteous. That means that your sins are washed away because of His life, because of His death, because of His resurrection. It means that they are gone. They cannot condemn you. You get what you have not earned and you don't receive the punishment that you deserve. That is what makes you. Jesus is the one who makes you the good fish, the desirable fish that get caught up in the net. Of course, he tells us there are also other fish that get caught up in that same net, representing the wicked, the wicked who will be thrown out. And we can think in terms of all of our parables together and say, well, maybe those wicked are people we might think of like this. They've seen the treasure but they don't think it's worth giving up everything for that treasure. They've seen the pearl, but they don't think it's worth selling everything that they have to purchase that pearl. People like that we may see in church from time to time. They might even say the words and sing the songs and even give offerings, but their sinful, cold hearts Remain stony and solid and dead. They might come to church because they think there's some earthly benefit that they could gain for it. Maybe in their reputation or maybe in social status or having somebody to talk to. And, and sure, those could be good things, but that's not what God wants to give us at church. He wants to give us something so much better. He wants to give us His love. He wants to give us the salvation that Jesus has earned and won for us on the cross. 
but when we don't value those things, or when we don't uh, have our hearts moved to appreciate that as a great treasure, that marks people as the, the bad fish, the fish that are going to be thrown away, the wicked that will be thrown into the fiery furnace, and it doesn't matter how close they were to the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter how tightly they were caught up in the net that is the, the Christian church. All that matters is whether or not they knew and believed in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The disciples were confident that they understood what Jesus was teaching. And that made them, Jesus says, like an owner who brings out treasures of old things and new things. They were able to rely on the teachings of the Old Testament. They were able to explain them even better with the details and revelation of the New Testament. They were able to marvel at all the different aspects of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus taught them about. And they were going to learn it even better than this going forward. That's what Jesus wants for you too. He wants you to know that you have in your possession the greatest treasure of all in the kingdom of heaven, in the salvation that he has earned and won for you, in the faith and the confidence that you have that. He wants you to understand that it is worth giving up anything else to hold on to that treasure. And it is that valuable because it is an eternal kingdom and an eternal treasure. May all of us continue to confess this in our hearts and with our mouths and through the way that we live our lives. The kingdom of heaven is my greatest treasure. Amen. Amen.